Forced Migration Review, Issue 38, October 2011. Citizen Initiatives in Haiti by Imogen Wall. The 2010 earthquake in Haiti ushered in a new era for the role and power of technology and communication systems in disaster response, especially for how local responders use them. The response to the Haiti earthquake was particularly characterized by the first-time involvement of technology actors such as Ushahidi, EndNote 1, and Crisis Mappers, EndNote 2, who capitalized on the widespread ownership and use of phones in Haiti, as well as the ability to involve the diaspora through web platforms and social media. Box. Three main models were employed by international responders in the early days. Blast SMS, indiscriminate messaging to all subscribers. Subscription-based information systems, such as the Thomas Routers Foundation's Emergency Information Service, and systems that asked Haitians to provide information about their needs, Ushahidi. Collectively, the latter two systems became meshed and known as Project 4636 after the short code that survivors could use to access the service. End box. For Haitians, the use of technology as a response tool was perhaps less surprising than for international responders. Although they live in the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, 80 to 90 percent of Haitians own mobile phones. As a result, they were already comfortable with information exchange and access via SMS and call centers. The ability of widespread phone ownership to facilitate phone-ins and dialogue with audiences has also been recognized by Haiti's radio community, by far the most popular and widespread form of mass media in the country. Radio 1 at the moment of the quake on 12 January 2010, music producer and Radio 1 DJ Carl Padre got out of his car that he had been driving through Port-au-Prince at the time and began taking pictures of collapsed buildings around him on his Blackberry. He uploaded them to his Twitter feed and Facebook page as he began running through the rubble to see if his home and his daughter were safe. Within minutes, Responses began to pour in, shock, sympathy, and pleas for Carol's help in finding loved ones. Carol found his daughter safe, returned to the radio studio, turned on the microphone, and began to talk. As he did, people began arriving at the studio, desperate to make announcements that they were alive. Carol and his team realized that they had the power to connect people, and began to develop a family reunification system. Carol Pedre was just one of many Haitians after 12th January who used their technological and communications expertise to generate local information systems. Radio One was one of several stations that found themselves managing ad hoc reunification, but it was especially influential because it broadcasts nationwide and online, and because Carol himself is a well-known broadcaster with an established presence on Twitter and Facebook. 
he and his team developed a system using the tools Haitians were using to contact them. Social media, radio, and face-to-face -face contact. Teams of producers took messages from those arriving at the station and monitored four computers logged into Carol's Facebook page, reading messages and cataloging requests. Requests and names were logged and given each morning to the station's motorbike courier, who traced as many as he could. When he returned each day, the verified information was uploaded to Facebook and also broadcast live. By meshing Facebook, Twitter, live broadcasting, and on-the-ground reporting, Carell and his colleagues created a responsive, effective, locally-based, and Creole-speaking family reunification system that supported an audience across Haiti and the Haitian diaspora in reconnecting with friends and family with no external assistance. New Law a different use of technology for response was developed a short distance away by the team of Kurt Jean Charles, director of technology company Solutions. After talking to community leaders who were trying to organize a response, his staff developed the idea of an online platform to map needs where people could get help. None of them had heard of crowdsourcing. Box. Crowdsourcing is the act of outsourcing tasks traditionally performed by an employee or contractor to an undefined large group of people or community, a crowd, through an open call. And box. Staff drew on past experiences working with USAID in mapping health systems to establish their system. Called NULA from the Creole NULA for We Are There for mapping needs and sources of assistance in their locality. They opted for a call-based system rather than SMS, judging, rightly, it appeared, that people preferred to talk to a person. The team worked from the garden outside the office as people were too frightened to go indoors, handling 25,000 calls over the next six months with no promotional work and quickly generating maps of community concerns and needs, analyzable for trends over time, and local capacity to respond. Recognizing the need to connect with those who are meeting people's needs, Kurt reached out to local government and international organizations. The local government had little capacity to respond. International organizations, meanwhile, were interested but unable to engage. As Kurt explains, quote, I did a number of presentations for international teams. They got it, but I felt our project was seen as in competition with platforms like the UN's One Response, although it was actually very different. There were also assumptions made because I came from a business context. People thought, oh, you are a software company, so they assume you want business even though we explained we were a citizen initiative. Properly supported, a project like NULA could have deeply influenced the aid world, though it only gained traction several months afterwards through the Ushahidi Partnership. NULA staff, for example, noticed elementary errors in UN data. Quote, In the list of camps, you could clearly see typing errors and duplications. I knew because I knew the places. For me, it was obvious. End quote. NULA also received many calls from earthquake survivors living with host families across the country, 
most asking how they could access assistance where they were. This presented a vital and missed opportunity to map displacement and use this data to decentralize the response, thus preventing the drift of survivors back to congested Port-au-Prince. Over a year after the earthquake, it is impossible to count how many people were helped by these systems. But the level of response and the clear demand from the population for someone to speak and to express their views were evident in the number of people queuing for hours outside the radio stations and the number of calls to NULA. Both NULA and Radio 1 reported that many callers or visitors to their studio simply wanted to tell their story and to feel that someone was listening to them. For them, the process of being able to communicate was as significant as whether their question was answered or their issue dealt with. Info as Aid did two months of research in Haiti, capturing and analyzing best practice in communication. And note three. Overall for Haitians, one of the clear themes emerging from the research was the need to be listened to. Even with SMS systems, people expect a response. Going international. A major challenge in understanding the Haitian perspective is most organizations' lack of analysis of the survivor perspective. All available evidence suggests that when it comes to communications between responders and the affected community, disaster survivors are actually far more comfortable with technology-based information systems than humanitarians are. Humanitarians tend to have a poorer understanding of such systems and view them with considerable skepticism. Some international organizations in Haiti began introducing technology as a communications tool in a more sophisticated fashion, notably the International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies, IFRC, which pioneered a relationship with local phone company Voila and its parent company Trilogy to develop SMS systems that target recipients by, by their geographical location, giving scope for far more nuance than Blast SMS. They also established a Red Cross information line, providing advice on cholera and on hurricane response. The line received 130,000 calls during the cholera epidemic and 400,000 about the hurricane season. IFRC also went into partnership with NULA on a pilot helpline for residents of a camp with acute shelter needs. Pioneering this has not been straightforward for the IFRC. Staff found that developing key messages in 140 characters was difficult, but outsourcing the call center to NULA, a service that the IFRC did not have the capacity to run alone, proved worthwhile. Incoming data has helped identify cases where beneficiaries feel their vulnerability has been wrongly assessed, allowing the IFRC team to follow up. The growing technological capacity within Haiti has also already led to Haitians supporting other responses. The Haitian Open Street Map team, supported and developed by IOM, has provided technical mapping support to the emergency responses in Libya and Japan. In Libya, where the UN for the first time formally requested assistance from crisis mappers, 
to map areas out of reach to humanitarians. The Haitian team was one of the only dedicated full-time crisis mapping teams in the world. Working with international partners, they worked to translate satellite imagery into functioning maps for use in the response. Conclusions the experience of local people in Haiti carries important lessons for those considering how to work with technology to gather and share information in disasters. Bullet point. While methods may be highly technical, communication as a process is deeply rooted in local culture. The IFRC found that the key to good beneficiary communications was understanding that people interact with technology in different ways, in different contexts. Bullet point. While technology experts in disaster-affected countries have a unique set of skills and need to be involved in discussions at the international level, the Haiti case suggests that innovation and use of technology and social media is being driven primarily at field level by beneficiaries. More understanding of how they are using these tools is essential. Bullet point. Ways must be found to support and connect with indigenous systems. Although Nula and Ushahidi, very similar systems, did connect eventually, it took months. Connections between local media, family reunification, and services run by international responders never did occur in any meaningful way. Thus, the key lesson of Haiti for international responders is that for information and communication systems to deliver, they must engage local populations and their technical capacity as equal partners, and they must understand and connect with existing systems before developing new ones. Crucially, for survivors, the process of accessing information and being listened to matters as much as the content. Local leadership on all this is key on many levels beyond mere delivery of information. As Kurt from NULA puts it, quote, we wanted to show that we could take some responsibility to change things at our own level, at a Haitian level. The more we can take responsibility for our own situation, the more we can communicate and negotiate with the aid world. Imogen Wall, I-M-O-G-E-N, W-A-L-L at hotmail.com is a researcher at Info as Aid. Sharon Reader, S-H-A-R-O-N dot R-E-A-D-E-R at I-F-R-C dot O-R-G. I-F-R-C Beneficiary Communications Delegate in Haiti also contributed to this article. The data and perspectives here are the result of two months of research in Haiti for the Info as Aid project, http colon slash slash I-N-F-O-A-S-A-I-D dot org slash. EndNote 1. http colon slash slash www.ushahidi dot com slash. See also article by Galia Ruffer, this issue.